Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Petrified. This episode, The Guest. See ya. Bye. Bye. Safe home. Tony's gas, isn't he? Yeah. It was absolutely hilarious that he wanted to drive home in that state. Helen, you're only an old Grinch. Excuse me? Brilliant. Barely 11 o'clock and we've already cleared everyone out. Well done, us. Thought it'd be a bigger chore getting Tony to leave. And the place doesn't look too bad at all. Can we leave it till morning? I'll just do a bit in the kitchen. You can sit there and have another drink if you like. I didn't drink that much. I just don't want to wake up Christmas morning and have to start cleaning, you know? That's why I wanted to have the party on the 23rd. Then we'd have started Christmas Eve cleaning. It's a different day than Christmas. Well, the place doesn't look too bad. So... I'll do the dining room. Great stuff. Oh no, leave the tree plugged in, George. I love the lights. Okay. It's really starting to come down again. We'll be snowed in. It's so romantic. We can make a big fire instead of switching on the heating. Yeah, it'll be great. Unless one of us needs to go to the hospital. That's grim. I felt very sorry for Janet. Hmm? Janet. I wasn't really talking to her. I saw you talking to her for a good while. Is that why you felt sorry for her? Ha ha. Why did you say you weren't talking to her when you were? It wasn't talking, talking. Just, you know, chatting. You seem to be laughing pretty hard. What did you feel sorry for? What was she saying that was so funny? You're annoyed with her now. A second ago you were sorry for her. I'm not annoyed with her. You shouldn't be. I'm not. I'm sorry for her. Because I was laughing at her. No. I was laughing with her. Why are you fixating on that? Me? Look, it's nothing to do with you talking to her. Oh, sorry. You're chatting with her? Then why did you bring it up? You're trying to start a fight. I am.
Why did you feel sorry for her? Oh, you're talking to me now. <sighs> the child in the snow. Hmm? That she was afraid might die? George, you're gone white. Please tell me what Janet said. Well, she said that she was leaving her house. You know that she's surrounded by those fields. It's pretty remote. She'd salted her drive so that the snow wasn't too bad there, but there were huge drifts all around and behind her house, tall enough that anything could have been behind. And as she was walking, she heard a little voice, the voice of what sounded like a very young child, and it was singing. It was singing a carol. But it was in the drifts. What was the tiny thing doing out there alone in the snow? And she called out, but no answer. She said at first it sounded like it was coming from the side of the house, so she walked around there, but then it seemed like it was coming from just behind the big snowdrift leading into the back field. She struggled over the huge drift, nearly getting stuck, sinking down into it, realising it was way deeper than she thought it was, and if she had sunk all the way into it, it would be over her head. But still... She couldn't see the child, and the singing seemed to be just as far away, like it was deeper in the field. So she trudged further from her house. (sighs) Who's that? Everyone left. There's someone upstairs. Everyone's gone. There's no coats left on the rack. Uh, Did you see Bill leave? Hold on now. Listen. That's it. George, don't run up the stairs... It's running to meet you! Ow! Who are you? It's Laura. I was in the bathroom. And? I came with Bill. Bill left. He did? I didn't see you earlier. You... You did? You shook my hand when I came in with Bill. I don't remember that. You... You were a bit distracted. It looked like you were crying. Why were you crying? What do you think? Bill left me. Are you hurt? I'm mortified. Two people don't remember me being at the party, even though one of them spoke to me, and then my date leaves me behind? Seems like the only impact I made was the thump we just gave each other on the stairs. (laughs) I'm really sorry. My head. I can't believe he'd leave without me. He was a bit tipsy. This is... This was our second date. Third time will not be the charm, it seems. Come down into the sitting room. Can I call you a cab? George, can I get you a drink? Like a coffee? I'll have a mulled wine, please. Okay. I'll get that. Have a seat there. Oh, it's freezing. Would you have a blanket? A blanket? My head is throbbing from where we bumped into each other. I'll grab a blanket. Can I take off my shoes? I was going to check for taxis. I have to drink my drink, James. It's George. Well, you forgot me, so we're even. Will you be a pet and pull off this boot? I can't believe Bill would just leave her. I can. The lads sticking together, surprise, surprise. You wouldn't have a biscuit! You didn't really have much food at the party. My stomach is caving in with the hunger. Well, we just let her have the house and escape out the back. 
get her a biscuit. I'm calling a taxi. We can't send her off with that massive lump on her head from you crashing into her. Why don't you get a little hammer and tap it back in then? I'll tell you what I'll do with that hammer. Bloody nail you in your room so you wouldn't get up to any more divilment. So here's another one you don't trust me around. Just shut up. Oh, what are you getting angry for? Because I'm giving you ideas. Ah, there's the kettle. I've great ears. Here you go. Uh, what are you doing? I'm lighting a nice fire. The house is Freezing. Look at that snow bucketing down out there. We had planned to go to bed soon. What about me? Well, you could get a cab. I won't get a cab in this weather. Are those your boots by the fireplace? I'm sure you don't mind. I just have to dry them. Why are they wet? 45 minutes. I rang the cab company. The weather's so bad it'll take 45 minutes. That'll be nearly Christmas Day. 45 minutes. I'll keep going with this fire, so... Are you not having a mulled wine, guys? I suppose that we could. George, you'd be much better at this fire than I would. Do you know what? It's a 45-minute wait, George. Grant. Beautiful house. So rustic. Have you been here long? Two years in March. Where were you before? Dublin. In town. Big difference. You said it. Do you have to commute that big long way to work? No, I'm a writer, so... I'm... I do. Are you getting that mulled wine, Ellen? Yep. Busy party. You know a lot of people. Very popular pair. It isn't popularity. What is it then? Networking? It's pity. Did someone belonging to you die? I passed a child's room upstairs on the way to the bathroom. Nobody spoke about a child at the party. Nobody knows what to say. Isn't that the worst thing? When people stop talking about them. When you're left to it. Yeah. And if you talk about them, you're just making everyone uncomfortable. Everyone who doesn't have a dead son. That's a lovely fire, George. Here's your mulled wine, George, love. You really can hear everything from the kitchen. So, you're a writer, Ellen. Uh, what kind of stuff? A bit of a freelance journalism. Uh, short stories. That's interesting, because you know what sort of tales Christmas is synonymous with. Ghost stories. Families gathering round the fire on Christmas Eve, huddled up with their mulled wine, a blanket over their knees. Oh, look! Considering what you and George were talking about, I don't think telling a ghost story would be the most appropriate thing. Once again... Annie mentioned to Sam and it's not the right time. Makes everyone feel bad. I'm very sorry. I was just trying to make conversation. George, you're making Laura uncomfortable. No, no. I'll tell a story. I'll make one up right now. Let's see. No, don't stress yourself, love. I have stories. Lots of them. Then why don't you dig one out, Ellen? All right. All right. It was... It was Christmas Day. A young married couple had just finished their breakfast and, laughing happily, they sat by the Christmas tree, still in their pyjamas, ready to exchange presents. Now, all the way leading up to the big day, the young woman had repeatedly dropped hints for the same gift. It wasn't something that would come in a fancy box, something you could wrap with a bow, and it didn't even need batteries. But it was a big thing all the same. Now, the young wife didn't want to be demanding or pushy. She always wanted to be amenable. But this was something her heart truly desired. And if she didn't get it, 
she was afraid she would start to resent her husband. She was also hoping by him agreeing to his special gift, it might bring them back to the way that they were. But nothing was wrong between them. Goodness, no! They were really in love. Now this gift, she could get it for herself, of course, if things became desperate. But she really wanted her husband to give it to her. Anyone want the top up? You wanted a story about a ghost. Sit down, George. It's very rude to interrupt a tale when it's being told. So he handed her a box. Beside the tree, with a fire blazing in the hearth, the paper was a shiny red, wrapped impeccably, and the box was heavy. But she was already disappointed. She opened it slowly, trying to keep the smile on her face, trying to keep from crying, she pulled back the top of the box and inside it was a doll. A rather expensive doll, she was to find out. So lifelike. Tiny hands, tiny fingers, an angelic face as if it was sleeping. Its closed eyelids had the longest lashes you've ever seen. Now when she could finally tear her eyes away from the doll and look at her husband, she realised that he couldn't even look at her. He was looking at his hands. I won't do it again, he said. I love you, but I can't. She understood. It didn't mean her heart wasn't broken, but she understood. And she got up, and threw the doll against that wall behind your chair. I mean, the wall in her house. And then she handed him his gift. <clears throat> Is that story a metaphor? <laughs> no. The doll's upstairs in Sam's room. You probably even saw it when you were snooping. <laughs> Got red-handed. <laughs> that snow's getting worse. <clears throat> You'd hate to be homeless on a night like this. A lost traveller in the cold. We're not going to turf you out, don't worry. That's not what I was implying. I'll get us top-ups. Give me your glass, Laura. I'm sorry, George. George? So, not a great night for you, all told? I'm sorry to say it, but your friend isn't much of a gentleman. How did you meet Ben? Like everyone else these days. Online. On the first date with Ben went good, yeah? It went okay. One of those where there's just enough there to make you think it might be worth one more go. Enough that you drive all the way up here in the middle of nowhere to meet all Ben's friends the day before Christmas. I'm a romantic at heart. I believe if there's the possibility of love, you should chase it. Not romantic enough to remember his name is Bill? Was that not what you were saying? No. My hearing's a little iffy. Oh, that's funny, because you heard the cattle click earlier. You're so suspicious. Do you think I'm someone else? I didn't know who you were in the first place. George, I can promise you, I'm not here to hurt you. What a weird thing to say. After tonight, 
You'll never see me again. Excuse me, will you? I'll see if Ellen needs a hand. Hi. The walls have ears. I said I was sorry. It doesn't matter. I'm really, really sad. So am I. Can we just get rid of her and move on and get on with things? Did you see her at all at the party? Rack your brain. We came here to get away from people asking if we were okay. People looking at us with pity, asking questions, pretending they're concerned, wanting to know. Could she have come in through the back door? How has she gotten upstairs? Why aren't you listening to me? Can we fix this? I don't know. Well. Look at the time. 25 more never-ending minutes. And then it's just us again. In silence. I can't have another child. I can't go through it again. Could you go through it with Janet? That's cruel. What's cruel is her telling me that story. I saw your face when I told you what she said. Were you testing me? Did you tell me what she said to see how I'd react? Because you must have been telling her stuff. Why would I tell her something like that? What do you think of me? I think that we should go back out to the unwanted guest. Here you go, Laura. Thank you. Oh, that's lovely and warming. You've got your boots on. And they're wet again. I was just checking at the door for any sign of the taxi. We didn't hear the door opening. It did, though. Oh, this has gotten so weird. Look, I'm sorry. It's almost midnight and then I'm gone. (laughs) If the taxi turns up. (laughs) No, look, I'm sorry. I made it weird with that crappy story. Look, let's just get it out in the open. Our kid died and I wanted another one and George bought me a doll to help with the loss. It's odd, but it happens. People are odd. Now... I still got a bit of a buzz from the party and you could do it a bit of cheering after Bill being such an asshole. So let's end the night on a good note. Why don't you tell us about yourself? You've learnt an awful lot about us. I'm so boring though. Maybe that's why Ben left me behind. I'm joking, George. Very funny. Instead of telling you about my boring life, what if I told you a ghost story instead? You're determined to tell this story. Ah, because it's a good one. Come on, so. Right. Pull your chairs closer to the fire. Oh, wait. Now, it's just the fire and the Christmas tree to light the room. (laughs) Ben doesn't know what he's missing. (laughs) So, there's a belief that if you listen in the wind, you'll hear the voices of the dead. All those gone before who never really went, they are still trying to speak to be heard. We all have regrets after all, things we should have said to those we loved, to those who wronged us. Here's something else about ghosts. The dead are lonely. They walk roads we can't see. Alone, always trying to get somewhere, but there's nowhere to go. Just endless roads. The dead are also jealous. Envious. Looking in at houses with people huddled together by warm fires. A warmth they'll never feel. It's so cold where they travel. 
if there was only one other to walk with them. I know of a girl who was travelling home for Christmas. Her car loaded up with gifts. She thought long and hard to get the right presents for the right people and all she wanted now was to get home to her family. Sleep in a warm bed, listening to the wind outside and then wake up Christmas morning and give out those presents. Up by the mountains. Those very ones I drove past to get here. There's a big field. You know what I'm sure. With the wires strung from post to post to stop animals wandering onto the road. Well, up by that field beside the mountains. That's where her car broke down. And there was no way to call for help. There's no reception up here. Uh, You'd really want to sort that out. (laughs) So, she sat there, not knowing what to do. The snow was getting heavier and heavier. Should she wait for someone to pass? What if someone didn't? Maybe she could walk. But where to? Through her windshield, way, way in the distance, on the other side of the field, she saw lights. The lights of a farmhouse. There was only one thing for it. She got out of the car. Even though her coat was heavy, she wasn't wearing the right shoes. Boots were what was needed, but nevertheless, she climbed over the wire, the wind whooshing past her head, and she set off across the field. The snow was falling and rising in drifts, like waves, and as she walked, the lights in the distance would disappear and reappear. Once she could see them every so often, she'd know where to go. Her feet felt numb. Little bits of ice began to form on the parts of her face uncovered. And always the wind. She became lost in the rhythm of picking her dead feet up, putting them down, trudging. And then she heard the child singing. She stopped. A tiny little voice singing what sounded like a Christmas carol. It was far away. Not far away enough to be coming from the farmhouse. It was somewhere in the field, in the snow, in the opposite direction of the house. She couldn't leave a child out in this. So she turned and walked towards it. The poor little thing, lost. She could imagine how happy the child would be if she picked it up and kissed it, hugged it and brought it with her to the warmth of the farmhouse. So she climbed through another drift, but the voice got a little bit further, perhaps over the next drift. It called to her, like a siren at sea, the loneliest sound in the world. But in that sound there was also joy. It started to not sound like a child anymore. It sounded like more than one voice. Lots of voices. Please, they seemed to say. One more step. One more step. Her eyes were getting heavy. She almost felt warm. Maybe, maybe if she just lay down for a moment. Had a little rest. Then she could save the child. So she lay down. And as the wind caressed her face, it sounded like a lullaby. And she closed her eyes. She woke up in a bed, a bed in the farmhouse. Her feet were in agony. Her hands, her face, a woman sat at the edge of the bed. There you are, the woman said. We thought we'd lost you. 
The doctor is on his way. What happened? said my friend. We found you in the field. You were unconscious. We thought you were dead. You were lucky. We always put a wreath in the field on Christmas Eve when it strikes midnight. Our little boy died in there. It was an accident. He must have fallen. We found him with his neck broken. We always put out the wreath and wish him a happy Christmas. And we stay there for a while. We don't want him to be lonely. That's what my friend told me. I thought of it when we drove past the field. Spooky. Right. That really happened to your friend? That's what she said. I think I did hear of a kid who was killed up there. That's so similar to the story Janet told me earlier. Who's Janet? One of George's friends. Can I tell one now? Before it gets too late. I mean, you two got to tell a story. It's only fair. (laughs) It's only fair. When we lived in Dublin. Oh, George. No, please, I want to. Okay. When we lived in Dublin, we decided we weren't spending enough time with each other. No proper time. Ellen had our little projects. Mike kept busy. We loved each other, but we weren't really there for each other. I'm not going to lie. We sometimes found what we needed in other people. We didn't face what we were missing in ourselves. We used other people as a quick fix. But it was time to really decide who we were and if we could keep this going. So we decided to get a baby. Sam wasn't ours. Well, of course he was ours, but we adopted him. They didn't know who his mother and father were. He was abandoned. Poor little thing. We got really far in the process, but my biggest fear was... What if one of his parents suddenly turned up and wanted him back? That held us off for a long time, but... I said nothing. Went along with it. And then after a long time, he was ours. It was heaven. Couldn't bear to be without him. He changed our lives. We did everything with him. And we were stronger as a couple than we'd ever been. When I saw how Ellen was with him, it made me love her even more. At the back of my head, I was always waiting for the hammer to fall. Always waiting for the knock on the door. Waiting for his mother. Or father. To want him back. And I began to think of what we do after he was gone. Isn't that a terrible thing? And then he... He passed. And it's taken me until... Maybe even until today... To realise he can't be replaced. Oh, George. I get it. I love you, Alan. I love you too. Laura, I'll say it while he's gone because he's his friend, not mine. Bill is a prick. You're really better off without him. I think he's proved that, all right? I'm sorry about bringing up all our personal stuff. It's not cool. I've had a few drinks. That's absolutely all right, Laura. Thank you so much for putting up with me. We don't even know each other. It's been a bit of an eccentric night. Can I just say, though? Yes? Happy Christmas. Oh. And the same to you.
That's the taxi. You can't make it up the drive because it's snowed in. You have to be meeting on the main road. We'll get our coats and walk you down. That's so kind of you both. Seriously, thanks so much. Have you got the house keys? Hold on. Yeah, they're in my coat pocket. God, look at the snow. Should we bring a shovel? Get out of the broom closet there. Got it. I'm so sorry. What are you doing with that thing? It was down the back of the chair. I thought you picked it up and you put it upstairs, George. I thought you did. I looked down and saw him poking out from behind the armchair. I just picked him up. I, I really didn't mean to be holding it when you came in. Give him to me, please. Here. Hold him properly. Oh, God. Don't drop him. Sam. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Who do you think you are? You hit me. He's broken. Look. His head is busted. You actually hit me. I'm going to tell that taxi driver to bring me to a police station. You can't do that. Does he hit you too? No, but he's hit other people. Ellen, come down and get the taxi with me. You can stay in my house. I can't. You can do whatever you want to do. No, I can't because there is no taxi. There is? He rang there. We didn't call a taxi. Then who? That was Bill. He's drunk. And mortified. Asked if you were still here. I told him you left before he did. You were annoyed because he was so drunk. So you did come with him after all. We shouldn't have doubted you. When you told the story about the kid in the field, I thought you were onto us. I don't understand. What are you doing? It takes such a long while for the sleeping tablets to kick in. Just had to keep you sitting there for about 45 minutes. Where were you bringing me? Out of the house. So the blood will disappear when the snow melts. And when you're all drained, we'll bring you back here. It's my Christmas present for Ellen. George. (laughs) Oh, I couldn't go through it with the baby again. Especially after the kid. You killed Sam? You killed your baby? Oh, and more. Lots more. But now that it's a grown-up, I can have my fun. And George can have his. The shovel! Wait! Let her get out the door. Oh, oh my head. Oh, yeah. Are you all buttoned up? Got my gloves and everything. George, no more Janet? No more Janet. Ellen, darling? Yes, love? Happy Christmas. The guest starred Margaret McAuliffe, Amy O'Dwyer and Kieran O'Grady. It was written by Peter Dunn and produced by Peter Dunn and Liam Geraghty. Petrified is a member of The Warren, the home of great Irish podcasts. You'll find more shows on thewarren.ie. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.